You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are my interviews with the writer and director for Titan, Julia Ducourneau, and the star of the film, Vincent Linden. same town as me and we don't meet well uh, I, I i've been at new york film festival the last couple of days and uh i was fortunate enough to see the movie uh prior to the festival I, i've seen it twice already and i'm a oh. massive fan of it i love this movie so so much and your performance is one of the key components as to why i love this movie I, I, I'm first of all let me just say it's really really great to be speaking with you today vincent so thank, thank you, you very, very much, much. I want to first. I have to yeah. ask you first one question. Mm-hmm. Do you know people at the Oscars? Um, I I know I know a person or two here or there. I'm yeah. joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, I run an awards <laughs> website, so yes, I am in contact with some folks. <laughs> uh, but hey, listen, I Shoot. I really am hoping for nothing but the best for you guys, and uh, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this. So um, I want to first start off by asking. Uh, how did you come on board the project? What was your reaction when you read this script? Because holy hell, it must have hit you like a freight train, I'm sure. So I'm going to tell you exactly the truth. Mm-hmm. I, I knew Julia since a long time, about mm-hmm. like eight, nine, ten years. But she was a friend of mine, girl's friend. Uh, and um, I never watched and I never spoke and I never see so uh, Julia as a director. She was only a human being. Mm-hmm. And about because it's it's uh, I, I I love people first, and I love the life first, and then after there is cinema. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is in that order. And three years ago, we we had a, a what a drink uh, quite late in the night, and uh, who says a drink means another drink and a third drink, and she went to the bathroom. And when she came out, I wa- it was my turn to go. And just like that, in one second, she said, Vincent, uh, I want to tell you something. I'm writing a new movie and I- I'm thinking about you, but not only thinking about you. Uh, I want you in that movie and it has to be you. And you have to say yes to me because it's not you. My movie is in danger. And I said, what? Mm-hmm. And then, then she goes to the table, and I went to the bathroom. And after we didn't speak about that at all, uh, I was too shy, and it was not the time to speak about that. And I was really, on, really shocked. And the day after, I called my friend. I said, "Hey, uh, you know, Julia told me that yesterday. Uh, don't fuck with me. It's, <laughs> we, we, can't, we can't say that to an actor at two o'clock in the morning. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not a joke. It's it's." Uh, we are our life is to wait to be loved all the time by someone. So don't tell me you love me and then it's not true. And he said, Call her, call, call, call Julia. Mm-hmm. Then I called her. It was like at noon. And uh, I said, Julia, you know, yesterday, and she cut me and said, Yeah, I know. Yesterday, 
I told you, blah, 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 blah. And it's true. So Vincent, I'm writing a script for me, but for you. Mm -hmm. Then I was really, really very happy. And I, 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 I went, uh, I went the script two years, one, uh, one year and a half, but I start preparing myself. When you are 25 years old, it's not the same as when you're 16. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to be careful. You have to be careful with your body. So I start slowly, like three times a week. Then after four times a week, and after five times a week, at the end of the preparation, just before shooting. But my reaction when I got the script, that's the question you asked me. Mm -hmm. it, it was, it's, it was very, very bizarre, very, mm -hmm. very new for me. My opinion didn't go through my brain. My first reaction goes directly through my heart. Mm -hmm. And it didn't goes to my brain after, to my heart, and that's it. Like, like an animal reaction. And I say to myself, I don't know why, I don't understand everything at my first reading, <laughs> but I have to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say yes because I can't say no. Right. It's not only because I want to say yes, it's just because I'm not able to say no. I can't wear and I can't support the fact I... I'm going to say no. And I don't want any actors in France to do that part. It's impossible. <laughs> I can't leave that. It's, it's, it's my baby. I can't, I'm going to be sick if in two years I go to the cinema and I see somebody of my generation doing that part, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> so the answer is there. I have mm -hmm. to do it. So I call Julian. I say, yes. Yeah. Don't ask me why. Don't tell me. Now I have to work. I have to read again one, two, three times the script. But my answer is yes, it's mine. Love it. And I Love think, it. and I think, and after I'm finished, I think in the life, mainly today, with all the things who are all around the world, I think the power is to say yes, not to say no. Yeah, to I say agree. Yes. Mm -hmm. I want, I, I'm gonna, we, we're gonna have a children together. I want to build a house here. I'm going to do that. It's yes, yes, yes. That's the power. The power is to say yes, because when you say yes, after you're obliged to do the thing for what you say yes. Mm -hmm. No, it's something like it's no, and now I'm free. Yes, now start the job. Yep. You mentioned before about how uh, you, know, you, you responded with your heart. Uh, this movie is so much about unconditional love. Can you speak to being a father yourself, um, the connections that you drew upon uh, when reading this script and what this story meant to you um, as, as a father? There is three things very important for me in the movie. The first one is, I think we share, Vincent Legrand, the name of the character and me, the same fear mm -hmm. about, about death, yeah. about dying. And maybe, unconsciously, what I've, what I've seen reading the script the first time, it's a way for me to prepare my body, my own body, me, my own body, to do the movie. But that means it's a way to stay younger. Mm -hmm. It's a way to fight against death. And it's the same for Vincent Legrand. He is very afraid about dying. He doesn't want to, to die. 
Yeah. And Alexia, she's very afraid about living. She doesn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. So there is one person who doesn't have love anymore because she didn't get nothing from her father and her mother. So she doesn't know how to live. She's afraid about the life, about living. So she wants to kill everybody she meets. And in another way, there is Vincent who doesn't want to live. He wants to die because he lost his most important love in his life, which is his child. And not be able to love anymore your child because he's not anymore on, on, on the planet. It's better to die. And those two people are going to meet and try to build something new, a new love, something which is to, to, to save them, their, themselves. But for me, the other thing in the movie, which is very important, is the love from a father to a child, which is, I think, but I'm not the only one to think that the most beautiful love in the world. It's, uh, it's total, like you said, it's totally unconditional. It's, mm -hmm. I remember when I had children, I remember that I said to a friend of mine, one minute after he came out, the, the, the child was, my, my daughter was born, my son. I remember to say that, to my friend, in fact, I never loved before. Mm -hmm. No, I never loved. You like, you think you're in love, no. But when, when, when you have a child, you finally understand what's love. The one you can, you prefer to cut one hand one, one of your own hand uh, instead of uh, something very small for your child. Mm -hmm. That's the only person. Uh, it's, it's, it's something you, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't think. It's yeah. uh, kill me, not just kill me. It's, it's not, I'm happy to, to die if it, can, if it can save my children. I'm, I'm really happy. Come in. It, it's okay. And so that's the, that's the thing in the movie. And you're right, you, you, you gave the answer in your question. It's only about love. That movie is only about love. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. The, 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 the form is very, very, very strange, very new, very original, very modern, very rock and roll, very what you want. But inside, it's something which is only love. Mm -hmm. and, and it's what I like. You can speak about love like in uh, uh, the Madison Bridge, or you can speak about love like Julia Ducourneau or uh, Guillermo del Toro when he did uh, The Shape of the Water. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, I love when behind a way of shooting, behind a world and all the director's phantasm, there is love. And you have to climb that to go on the other side and to see what it's about. Hello, this is Gary Chachot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, 
revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Final question, and I, I I have so many, but I'm gonna go on a no, go, light, go, go. I'm gonna go on a light funny note to end this with here. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the uh, Macarena uh, scene, <laughs> and I have that stuck in my head now for days since I've seen it. And I want to know uh, two things: one, uh, was that in the original script or was it improvised? And no, it was in the original script. And then the other question then is. Did anyone perform the Macarena at any rap parties uh, when shooting was uh, finished? <laughs> no, it's uh, <laughs> you mean I, I, for for the, the the fiesta of the movie. If somebody did the Macarena, I'm curious to know if anybody on set. No, at any no, time, no, no, Did no. you guys ever do but, the Macarena together? <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh, funny that you 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 speak to me about that scene because it's one of the most scene I have ever done in my life, and uh, I don't know if because it's a writing interview now. So, but you're going to find the words. Uh, you see me here like that? Yep. Okay. For me and for a lot of people doing that and that in the same time, I, yep. I, I don't know how to do it. Touching your head and your, rubbing your belly yeah, at the same time. Yeah. Like that, two movements, like, like when you drums. Uh-huh. It's very difficult to do something one rhythm with one leg and yep. another rhythm with my hands. For me, my brain is not built that way. <laughs> so to push all the time like that and say, ta 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 macarena, it was very, very, very complicated. And I practiced like two months. Wow. <laughs> yes, but I, it's, maybe I'm stupid, but it's like doing like the reflex is, and, and said, no, 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 no. They don't do that. They do tag, 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 tag. But the rhythm of the song is not the same of the rhythm of my hands. So I got completely crazy. <laughs> and I remember the day of shooting, I was very nervous. And nobody could understand what's going on with me because everybody, all the crew, wanted to tell me, hey, Vincent, it's the most 
easier scene you've done in the movie. You just have to sing and we have one day to shoot. It's, hey, take it easy. And I said, no, you, you can't imagine. It's like uh, I'm, I'm on stage and for four hours to play Otello. It's, uh, I don't know how, how I can manage with that. And it was really, uh, but I love the scene. It's something, I, I love the scene. I love that the scene exists in the movie and I love to be the one who did it. I love yeah. it, but it was very complicated. Well, I appreciate the insight. I wish I had more time because uh, this movie is ask just me one more full question. of... No, no, no. I, I, I got to be respectful of the time here. Uh, but I really appreciate so much you taking your time to chat with me about it's this normal. incredible I'm, I'm, movie. But it's 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 normal. Uh, for me, I have to tell you something very important. Titan went to Cannes. Yes. And then got the Palme d'Or and it's in New York. I'm another movie of uh, Stéphane Brisé. That's the director, Stéphane Brisé, mm -hmm. which is called Another World. And it, it went... It, it went uh, to Venice, then uh, uh, um, I, I, I'm, I, I finished the new Claire Denis. And for me, uh, now it's time to travel, to go and see people uh, in the United States, in England, in Italia, in, in Spain. I want to have a, the opportunity to speak another language, to see journalists who are not the French one that I know by heart, it's all the time the same, and uh, they know me by heart. And so the discussion is, and now for me, it's very, very exotic to come here, to speak with you, to go to the Lincoln Center. So you don't have to tell me uh, uh, thank you. It's, it's, it's my pleasure. It's, it's a pleasure to take a plane, to come over here mm -hmm. and to speak with you. And I hope I will do it for the Claire Denis next time. And uh, I had a very good night yesterday at the Lincoln Center. 1,000, 1,300 people, completely crazy, yep. stand, standing ovation. Like, and it's nice to see that in another country at the other end of the world, the, the movie uh, is, is, is um, I would say, uh, they love the movie. Yeah, it's special. Well, it's the movie special. is out on uh, October 1st in theaters from Neon. Vincent, thank you so, so much once again. You're welcome. I, I know before, but thank you. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you very much. You Take too. Take care. Well, no one told me about her, the way she lied. But it's too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not there. Well, let me tell you about the way she looked, the way she acted, the color of her hair. Her voice was soft and cool, her eyes were clear and bright, but she's not there. Julia, this is this is a real pleasure right now. I have to say. This is amazing. <laughs> you have uh, one of the most buzzed about films of the year, uh, winning the Palme d'Or at Cannes, winning all these audience awards at TIFF or Midnight Madness, now playing in New York and opening this weekend. Tatane is by far, and I mean this as a compliment, one of the most fucked up movies I've ever seen. So thank you for that very, very much. <laughs> but it's also... Yeah, but it's also a really, really unbelievably and surprisingly uh, sweet film. 
I say this as uh, someone who did not notice heading in that it's really a film so much about unconditional love. Can you talk about that uh, subtext and how you wanted to convey that through this very unorthodox uh, storytelling? It comes from two things. I mean, the first thing is that for me, it was a real challenge to put, um, let's say, love at the center of my film because I've I've often had the feeling that it was hard for me to uh, tackle that topic for the reason that I think that words can tend to belittle it. And Mm -hmm. my work as a director, um, and especially working with bodies, is to make you feel what the characters feel in order to relate to them instead of actually uh, condoning them morally or things like this, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's really going through their body experience as an entry point to the character. It is, I think, very hard to um, make an audience feel the love. But what I mean feel is feel physically. Because how mm, do you feel yeah. physically, you know, the love? It's a great, it's a good question, actually, to ask yourself. How do you make people feel physically this? Yeah. And um, and that's something that um, I personally um, see the love, uh, see the, 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 the topic of love a bit like it is tackled in, like, Greek mythology. Like, it's something that is... Uh, a form of absolute and that is um, somehow um, in full acceptance of um, whoever the person is in front of you outside um, outside any social construct or determinism or, or actually just lies that you tell yourself. And it's really something that is way more essential than this. And, um, and again, I mean, I see it as on top of this as a becoming. So it's not something that is so, uh, for me, uh, complete, that is so uh, full, that uh, I can only see it as a becoming more than a state. Again, the idea of a state would be mm-hmm. belittling the feeling that I that I think. And that's actually why I, I did my whole film as an ascending progression instead of like really a traditional three-act um, structure in order yeah. to really feel that tension that was going towards uh, this becoming that is love. Um, yeah, and uh, I think I answered your question, no? Oh yeah, no, totally. I, I just love hearing about, uh, hearing like the discussion about this because I think on the surface level, uh, you know, people will obviously have a visceral reaction to it uh, for all the uh, body horror elements and everything else that are being introduced early on. But as the story progresses and by the time you get to the end, I, I just found myself so stunned uh, by the time the credits were rolling. So I, I love hearing you uh, discuss this. Um, I was actually talking with uh, Vincent earlier uh, today, and he was telling me that uh, you wrote uh, wrote his role uh, specifically with him in mind. I'm curious to know if the same was true for Agatha uh, um, and with her role in this, or was that something that also that came later on? No, no, not at all. I mean, I got, I didn't, I didn't even know her at the time. I mean, all wow. I, what I wanted to, uh, what I want, I needed to find someone mm-hmm. uh, who was, um, who would be a non-professional person, okay, um, in order for, for me to manage like that, the audience would not project anything onto that face, and that they would not mm, project yeah. any films, any prior films of that person and also mm. any gender uh let's say um uh categorization or label you know thinking i wanted the audience to really fully accept the extent of my character's transformation yeah and to only uh let's say yeah to project nothing than this 
in that person. And, um, and for that reason, I need someone who is both non-professional and looking extremely androgynous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this could have been male or female. We casted both genders. Didn't matter wow. to me. It was really a question of finding the right person for that part. And mm-hmm. physically, I had so many expectations that it was already like a bit of a complicated cast. So we casted, I mean, we checked on Instagram some interesting like androgynous model profiles. And uh, my director of casting found um, found uh, Agat prof- Agat's profile because I'm not on Instagram, but my director. <laughs> and um, and so yeah, and so I made her come back like I think like five or six times because when you're working with people who've never acted before, obviously you, it's more like gauging the p- potential of that person mm-hmm. uh, than really like trying to um, to um, uh, really check. I mean, then really like doing full rehearsals you really it's just it's really about all the potential that they could have and um and yeah and so when i when i took i mean when i uh decided that i took a decision that it would be her i knew that we still had behind like a year of work like on her acting and yeah. on uh, obviously on her physical uh, abilities like for example to fight because i uh, i didn't know how to fight so we had to work at the at the dojo to rehearse for that and mm-hmm. i made her rehearse also her acting on um, various other scenes from other movies because her character was almost completely silent so we had to you know dig deep through other monologues from like network or from Twin Peaks, or from Killing Eve, and stuff like that. Nice. Wow, that's that's really really intense. And uh, you know, I, I was also very curious to know too in regards to her physicality, like you were talking about before. Uh, she really uh, goes for this role in a way that is just so committed to your vision, and I think that really really comes through in in both her and Vincent's uh, performances. But one of the things that I, I was most curious about is so much of what her performance is going through is this physical um, agony of, of this pregnancy. And it, w- w- like, did she have to like spend a ton of time like it, get going in the makeup chair? And uh, w- w- what was that like uh, ultimately trying to show um, that physical uh, transformation throughout the movie for her? Uh, yeah, a lot of hours of makeup in the morning. Of course, it's always the case when you work with prosthetics. Yeah. No, and it looks amazing. I mean, uh, my audience was squirming at times, uh, especially every time she had to wrap the um, the wrapping around her body. Um, it, it's really, really effective stuff. I'm really taken in by the music of this movie. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about uh, song selection and what goes into that process? I'm always amazed uh, by how filmmakers can either come across or they just inherently know which songs they want to use for certain scenes because this soundtrack is banging it's really really awesome (laughs) thanks Uh, yeah actually it was um it was there from the start i mean it's in the script Mm -hmm. oh nice i've picked all these songs from the very get-go because all of them have a very specific meaning um for for the scenes they're in I was talking earlier about how dancing comes fairly naturally when you want to um, create a dialogue between uh, the bodies of my characters and incidentally between the audience and the characters as well. Mm-hmm. It goes the same a little bit with music, you know, it's like, I don't do it in this, I don't put music in this cosmetic way mm-hmm. at all. I mean, all of these songs I picked obviously because of their melody and what they like what's let's say um nuance it would get to uh, the, the scene but it's specifically for the lyrics mm-hmm. 
Because mm. each of these songs lyrics, lyrics say something about what's happening in the head of one of my characters at the moment that they play. Oh, I love that. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the Easter eggs. I know. I'm going to have to. Uh, I've seen the movie twice already. I can't wait to watch it a third time now, knowing this. <laughs> yeah, listen to the lyrics. <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, I mean, the tricky part, obviously, was to find, I mean, to try to get the rights for all of them because it yeah. would have been like, like being part of the scripts. If we did not, if we missed the right for one of them, it would have been pretty catastrophic for me. <laughs> Um, and then also too, you know, like I was saying earlier at the beginning here, uh, so much praise has been uh, thrown upon this film, and uh, obviously this being uh, your second uh, feature uh, film, you know, everybody now wants to know uh, what you're going to do next because you've really set the bar like so high in terms of shock value, in terms of uh, drama, in terms of just cinematic style and flair. Uh, we all want to know what you're working on next because I think you're just one of the most exciting filmmakers that we have working today. Man, that's really nice. I am You're going to hate my answer. I'm sorry <laughs> because your question was so nice and I wish I could give you an answer. That that's okay. Direction so that I can return you the favor. But unfortunately, I can't. And that's totally you know, okay. You know why, actually, yeah. you're always like bound by, you know, promises, contracts and all that. Of and course. And also, I'm very, very secretive about my work life. Sure. But I can tell you that, I mean, I've been developing two projects um, for a year. Mm. And I'm not going to tell the nationalities because I know you're going to ask me. And uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, let me ask you this. Yes or no. Are you done exploring the body horror genre or do you want to move on to explore other things? I'm not done, uh, let's say, mixing genres the way I do, mixing mm -hmm. grammars the way I do. And I am not down using the grammar of body horror. Love it. Believe me. I think we're all looking forward to seeing what that could be. I mean, and that's totally fine. I ask this question all the time and I always get told it's, uh, it's, you know, <laughs> so don't worry about it. In the end, we're really, really happy for the success for you for this film and uh, best of luck on the rest of the uh, press tour. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for that. That's really no problem. Nice. You have a good rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interviews with the writer and director for Titan, Julia Ducourneau, and the star Vincent Linden here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Titan is currently playing in theaters right now from Neon. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and we are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, 
And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.